Hello and welcome to The Figure Podcast, a monthly conversation between Charlotte Lorimer and Georgia Parkin. Each episode we look at three figures, a person, a number and an image, and we discuss them. So Char, how has your August been? My August has gone very quickly, mm. especially compared to months like April. Mm. I've spent some time with my family, I went to Somerset and I went to Yorkshire and that's pretty much it. Yeah, vacationing hard. Yeah. Um, I've spent a lot of time by the sea this month and went to the Lake District. Recently moved to Nottingham. Did you have a favourite place in the Lake District? We went on this, um, like, 20-kilometre hike in Buttermere. Cool. That was beautiful. It looked like Switzerland. Honestly, it's so underrated. Well, no, it's not underrated. Everyone knows about the Lake District, but I don't think <laughs> actually people go there as much as people re- reference it. Yes, and I they think go this to Switzerland true. and they go to the Alps, and actually, you can literally—it's like—it's just like being in a ski resort. You have all the hotels at the bottom with the lovely spas, you know, all the B and Bs, and you're mm. surrounded by mountains all day. It's just brilliant. And you had a whole week. Whole week camping. Sounds so lovely. Yeah, it was great. Um, I've read *Glorious Rock Bottom* by Bryony Gordon. And I've started The Bridge, which is a BBC Scandi drama. Very OG Scandi drama. Basically, someone is murdered on a bridge between Sweden and Norway. And you have to have both um, authorities get involved. And you've got a detective from Sweden who is very cold, hard, like, doesn't like to engage emotionally you've got the detective from norway who is incredibly warm they they can't work together we also don't know who's bit who's murdered this woman and it's very it's very good it hooks you immediately it's subtitled which means you have to pay attention to it you can't be on your phone okay oh i also watched two popes which was brilliant oh i need to see that so so good i watched gosford park um which for any downton abbey fans out there it kind of is it's sort of a Almost a prequel, in a way. Oh, cool. But with more salty characters. There aren't so many people who are likeable in it. And it was Julian Fellows. It's a kind of classic murder mystery. Maggie Smith, her, her absolute best. And the most kind of recognisable cast you've ever seen. You watch the whole film, and I'm so glad that I watched it with my brother because he's really good at identifying actors of what they've been in because it's that film where you recognise basically Everybody. every single person and nice. then you can't remember what they've been in and then you ask George and he'll tell you what it is. Okay. Um, and then books-wise, I've read How to Argue with a Racist by Adam Rutherford and it is a pretty short read, incredibly concise, so well written, especially because it's a very science, genetics-based book, mm-hmm. but understandable for the majority of people. Mm. Really important... Um, piece of work where he's looking at some of the racial tropes and myths such as things, even kind of positive racism such as people with darker skin or African heritage being better runners mm-hmm. um, and not as good at swimming so that in a nutshell is actually much more to do with um, culture than anything significantly genetic okay. that growing up for example, in Ethiopia or Kenya, which has produced an extraordinary number of Olympic gold medalists. They have the best coaching, they have it ingrained in them that they can achieve this, that they Mm -hmm. can do it. And they have the encouragement 
and it's not really to do with fast twitch muscles which he goes into there's sort of two genes that they were identified mm. and then again on swimming think so about much the Australians more. I mean that's probably why they're also so I mean obviously Australians are extremely talented but you know they've got it ingrained in them swimming tennis totally sport. from day one it is you are going to be good at it you are good at it boom and here are 15 different sports you try at school you get really 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 good at two of them yeah totally good. Um, and swimming again that when swimming pools were installed a lot of them especially in America were not put into black traditionally black areas they were all in white areas yeah you know and then swimming lessons are expensive you know and then mm-hmm. we have a poverty problem with people of mm-hmm. color mm-hmm. so it's all these different things and it's honestly absolutely fascinating and he talks about the um why we're so obsessed with color of skin and actually that the genetic differences is tiny Mm. and that scientific racism is built on kind of pseudoscience and so then he flips it on his head and he uses the science to combat all the things that scientists quote unquote back in the day said about certain Mm. races for want of a better word um so that is really good and permission to feel by mark brackett I would say listen to the podcast with Brené Brown, which is how I found out about it. That's all about emotional intelligence and why we need to have that in companies, schools, leadership, the importance of accepting and acknowledging all emotions and giving them really specific names. So looking at the difference between envy and jealousy or rage and anger and kind of just trying to identify exactly pinpoint how you're feeling. But I'd say that you can get most of what you need from that, from the podcast episode rather than from the book. But if you want to look into it in more detail, it's called Permission to Feel. And then my third recommendation is James Blunt on Table Manners. And he's such a funny character because you hardly, you only ever really hear him sing. And then when you hear him speak, he's got a very, very posh boarding school accent. Does he? I would never have thought. And he's very deadpan. So he'll make these hilarious statements, but with a completely... He doesn't change the intonation of his voice at all. And my favourite fun fact from that episode is that he he lives in Ibiza in the mountains and he has a little mini club, which I think is basically a shed, at the bottom of his garden called Blunty's Club. I do like Table Manners. They've actually had some cracking episodes in lockdown. I just they really listen- do. Florence Pugh was another fantastic one. I, yeah, I just listened to one with Twiggy as well, Ooh, which was nice. great. Um, I also thought of one more book that I did read in two days at the beach, which was My Name's Lucy Barton, um, which got loads of awards when it was out, and it was very good. Reflective on life. Just being able to describe pain in a way that you couldn't articulate it, whereas she really does... You know, subtle pain, subtle pain from family dynamics, from life experience, from divorce, you know, whatever, all those sorts of things. She's able to do it very well. Great. Sounds good. Sounds good. The first figure is Kamala Harris, who I think has kind of shot into the consciousness of a lot more people now than would have known her previously. Um, and she's been chosen by Joe Biden, who is the US presidential candidate for the Democratic Party as his VP candidate, vice president, and she's the third woman ever to be um, on the ticket for this role. Um, And the moment I found out that she had been asked and accepted, 
I just felt really, really, really happy because I was just really, really excited, you know, at the thought of young girls growing up, even as a white woman myself. I didn't see any white women in charge of many things. Mm. A lot, lot more than black women. And now we're going to have, hopefully... Oh, hopefully, a black <laughs> vice, pre- a black woman vice president, which will be extremely exciting. She has been a U.S. senator since 2017 for the state of California, and has been basically a district attorney um, in California since 1990. So that is somebody who is representing the people in the court of law. The background in law is such a fantastic foundation mm-hmm. because it's, and also we were talking about this a lot with um, what you do with debate mate of debating and being articulate and clear and having your argument and mm-hmm. she is so fantastic at mm-hmm. that yeah and it's such a brilliant skill and I feel like it'll really set her in such a good stead for not only the whole run of getting there um as mm-hmm. we get closer and closer to November but also when she's mm-hmm. or hopefully when she's actually <laughs> so. in the position I guess we've learned not to make that assumption haven't we in the last four years um in terms of presidential candidates, I don't think we really considered that Trump would be president when we were in this position four years ago. Um, and her parents um, are from India and Jamaica, respectively, and met in Berkeley, UC Berkeley, in California, yeah. where they both were at university. And she was brought up in California. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's amazing, kind of like how we have Meghan Markle as part of the royal family. This is just a brilliant way of... I don't know, catching up. <laughs> yeah. You know, and having, the, having that... Just having different visible. experiences and... Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. What is... Um, when it comes to her policies and her views on things, is there one thing in particular that really excites you? The undying um, platform that she gives to abortion rights and just rights of the female um, to make decisions about her own body. And I think now is the right time to insert the clip of when she questioned Brett Kavanaugh on this very issue. Can you think of any laws that give government the power to make decisions about uh, the male body? Uh, I'm happy to answer a a more specific question. Male versus female. There are um, medical procedures. Okay. That the government that the government has the power to make a decision about a man's oh, body. I thought you were asking about medical procedures no, that are I, unique to I, men. I, I can, I, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat the question. Can you think of any laws that give the government the power to make decisions about the male body? I'm not. A, I'm not a, thinking of any right now, Senator. He's so stumbly. Yeah, completely. Because he's stumped. Because there isn't any procedure no. that's government controlled. And I just thought, yeah, that was a great way that she put that. But um, I think in terms of her policies, she is centre. Um, I think going into the election in November, I, I feel like I couldn't put money on what would happen even now because I think things can change so quickly. And Trump is, if we know anything, we know that Trump can, can galvanise people in a way that we have never seen before. Um he can manipulate people as well. Absolutely, but and and you know from from the very left of the party, she's seen as too right, and obviously from a Republican standpoint, she's a Democrat. So, but but her and Biden are very center. I think, I think they've got a they've got a good chance. Let's not forget that Trump only won the electoral college by seventy thousand votes, um, 
and Clinton won the popular vote by three million. So it, it, it will be very tight. It'll be very close. And as always, it's the most important election of our lifetime. <laughs> but that happens every election. That's not new. <laughs> I do think that this one has even more... Well, it's been a shitter of a year, that's for sure. <laughs> and so it would be nice to uh, possibly have Trump booted out. But, you know... You just can't... Whenever I criticise him now, I, I never... I just say, oh, he's he's just bad or he's just um, a misogynist or whatever because people who support him support him in spite of that. You're going to have to really critique his policies and how he's doing things um, in terms of the economy or unemployment or healthcare. There's no point going after him, his personality. He smashed that window when he ran four years ago. This is true. Mm-hmm. So also on her policies, um, she is a supporter of affordable care. She's also supported gay marriage and obviously spoken out a lot about abortion rights and the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, most recently, she's covered Black Lives Matter and the importance of that, citing Jacob Black as an example, who was recently shot in the back seven times by a police officer. Um, in front of his three children. And it just... I, I I don't know. Will we, in our lifetime, do you think we'll... I really hope we do. See... Mm. No longer see these headlines. I don't know. And for it to not be this... It should be a... It is a gasp, but mm. it's become more of an eye roll because it happens so frequently. Mm-hmm. It's just outrageous. How are we living in that? I don't know. I don't understand. Um, but in that acceptance speech, which if anybody is interested in finding out more about her, I would really recommend that you watch it because she goes through her heritage and how kind of activism and people and standing up for things is really in her blood and that her parents used to take her to like marches for civil rights movement in her stroller. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and what I also really liked about that, which I don't think you often see is she wasn't afraid to bring in her personal family life into Mm -hmm. what she was talking about. Well, I guess it all fits her story, doesn't it? Your personal and your professional do intertwine. But for a long time, I think people have been very, very hard and fast on Mm -hmm. this, I don't want to talk about my everyday normal life. I'm removed from that. But she talks about making her kids dinner and like all of these normal things, which actually makes her so much warmer and more relatable rather than putting up a huge wall. It was like when Obama mentioned about the, the, his new puppy that he was taking to the white house because his daughters had been so good on his campaign. And I think, I don't know, dare I say it? Um, it might be slightly more like a, this sort of toxic male thing where they have to be seen as like a strong leader that has no emotion and therefore doesn't talk about their family and always keeps them out of you know and and i think she very naturally br- just brings, brings a softness in. same as just just and ardern does that you know and it's just it's just there it's factual so, yeah it's not like boris johnson when you ask him about his baby or his mm. girlfriend he's like i don't want to talk about it yes um, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell of how practice she is in making Mm -hmm. fantastic speeches and really nailing it and being serious when she needs to be serious and being very open and smiley and warm when she needs to be Mm. and and just asking the right questions making the right points and there's no fluff no that's what I find very refreshing for so many politicians they they're just sort of going around and they're trying to answer and say you know Mm. get their points across that are going to be the right ones right She's much right. more. She is cutting. Definitely. But you know, we when we were watching the, the speech, we both mentioned how in America 
they very much attack the opposition full on and she does that absolutely like everyone else you know we'll, we'll talk about trump which again feels uncomfortable because I, i'm not very i haven't been engaged in american politics in the same way that you have because obviously you're able to vote mm-hmm. um so that t- changes the dynamic of it i still find it fascinating but i also find mm-hmm. it about mind block like boggling yeah. of how long the campaign goes on for totally. that people pull out because they don't have enough money like yeah. she had to mm-hmm. and and then this attacking yeah it's so so personal aggressive absolutely but um, the main thing that she attacked with Trump is his handling of the coronavirus and his inability to take it seriously right from the beginning. The second figure that we are going to cover today is that the wellness industry is worth $4.5 trillion as of 2018 and that the rate of growth was two times more than the global economic growth between 2015 and 2017. How many zeros does Trillion have? <laughs> Twelve. God. You so would... we looked up how much Jeff Bezos is worth, and he... It's 200 billion. Right. So actually, I mean, that just puts the wellness industry into perspective, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's not surprising, though, because the dieting industry throughout the 80s and 90s was worth billions as well. And I do think... My caveat for this is that I do think they're pretty much one of the same. However, there are many nuances to what wellness is. Mm. And when I looked at the definition of wellness, it is the active process of becoming aware and making choices towards a healthy and fulfilling life, which I think is a great thing. Yeah, exactly. That definition I have no problems with at all. Right. My problems are exactly as this stat stat has highlighted, when money becomes too much involved because I think a lot of very vulnerable people can be coaxed into spending a ridiculous amount of money Mm -hmm. on things which might not do them harm but also might not do them that much good but a lot of the things that you're doing that the active process of becoming aware and making choice that those you can do for free this is my point yeah so I think I also think on a on the other side of it if you do something or try something or start up a practice and it's not going to do you any harm there are so many people who will actively criticize it and really go out of their way to criticize it when actually they've never tried it Mm -hmm. and it it may not do anything but it also might really really help you Mm. so lots of this was inspired by pandora sykes um book how do we know we're doing it right and the first essay in that is on the wellness industry and it's a pretty she gives it a pretty rough ride yeah i would say it doesn't come off well no it does not book um a lot of it i found really interesting some of it i was on the same page with Mm -hmm. some of it i was very much not and it was actually the most for me it was the most controversial yeah essay the other ones i was really really on board with Mm -hmm. um but I think what I didn't like about it was the way that, as the wellness industry does itself, and that word, it's this catch-all thing. Yeah. For some things are kind of way too expensive and a bit crazy. Mm-hmm. Other things, super cheap or free mm-hmm. and actually quite nice. So just to demonstrate the, the lumping everything in together of wellness, I'm just going to go through the list that... Pandora has in her book. And I'm going to try and, and define some a, of them that Charlotte of, doesn't know who Exactly. They are. And I'm, I'm going to give a bit of a running commentary. Okay. Jade eggs up your noonie. I mean, it's helped some people, but I personally wouldn't go for that. Bulletproof coffee. Don't know what that is. Okay. Bulletproof coffee is having coffee with coconut oil so it doesn't raise your blood sugar in the same way that caffeine 
does on its own. Okay. So it's meant to be a lot better and not spike. That seems to make sense to me. Mm. Celery juice. I don't think it sounds very nice, but I don't see the problem. Uh, Transcendental orgasms. Great. Turmeric lattes. I actually really like them. Pink Himalayan salt lamps. I mean, I like the salt. Don't know why it needs to be a lamp. Activated charcoal. Questionable. I think that's overhyped. Kefir. My mum loves it. I really don't. Gratitude journals. Very important. Colouring books. Love them. Really, I do that with my godson. It's much more for me mm. than for oh. anybody else. Absolutely. <laughs> Detox cleansers. Depends on how you do it and for how long. And we're all reasoning behind it. Face masks. Fantastic. You can make yeah. a very funny one out of oats and honey, which I did with my great friend Felicity. And you have to kind of lie back because it sort of falls off your face, which then makes it a very funny <laughs> process. Does it taste nice? Yeah, I it probably does. It was quite a long time ago that we did it, but it was absolutely hilarious. Perineum sunning. Don't know what that is. Don't really want to know. Placenta pills. Again, actually quite a lot of evidence to say that that's good and that there's a lot of nutrients in there if you can stomach that. Chia seeds, really enjoy those. Matcha powder, gross. Selenite wands, what are they? Don't know. Alkaline water, that's like water with, um, weirdly, with lemon. And then you can have like cucumber, really tastes very nice. Yeah. Uh, raw water, no idea. Why would water be cooked? Raw water, don't understand. Rose quartz water, mm, that would probably be overpriced. Yeah. The water consciousness movement, don't know what that is. Oxygen therapy, don't know. Hang on, we've got a whole big list of don't knows here. Oxygen therapy, crypto chambers. Oh, cryo chamber is cryo like when chambers. you go into really, really, like freezing cold. Oh, okay. Repair muscles and things like that. Flotation therapy, infrared saunas. Yep, so infrared saunas. I know what those are. Yep. Those are nice. They I are love a sauna. Nice. Infrared or no, no infrared. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> pillow spray. Great, love having pillow spray. Love like just, lavender. Just a bit of lavender. That, But you don't need to have a pillow spray. You can just get essential oils of lavender and just chuck it on your pillow and then listen to Stephen Fry's sleep story talking about the lavender fields bringing us to the next one mindfulness apps mostly free fantastic massage also free if you have a nice friend CBD oil actually helps a lot of people I know Uh, standing on your head I mean, that's, I quite think that's quite fun. That's it's quite a, a nice physical challenge but do not do it on your own and do not do it not knowing what you're doing true anything prefixed by green or raw that's a very broad term. Forest bathing. This is a funny one. And I've actually done it. <laughs> what is it? It's really nice. I mean, it's just a stupid term for basically walking through woods oh. barefoot. And then you just lie down and you look at the trees. It's glorious. Oh, that's wonderful. It's that's not, that's also should... free. Why is that class? This is what's so annoying. <clears throat> Why is that class as wellness? That's just going outside. That's just going for a barefoot walk and looking at the trees. Yeah. Yeah. Dry bathing, don't know what that is. Bath salts, yes, obviously, great. Gong baths, we did that in Bali. We did do that. I don't think, was it, how much did it cost? Well, it was Bali, so it wouldn't have been very expensive. Well, I think it was like five pounds. Yeah. And it was wonderful. Mm. I was, I didn't really know what to expect, but I absolutely loved it. Mm. It was amazing. Mm. Um, Sound baths, similar. Bubble baths, obviously great. Running a bath also good how is it wait, just is, looking at the bath is <laughs> i think that's tongue-in-cheek yeah i think these are telling you just i mean just looking, looking at, at the, the bath, bath. <laughs> i think for me the most the biggest issue with wellness that it's just another distraction another diet another 
oh, this is going to heal all my issues, or another thing to focus on, that women seemed, not just women, but women overall seem to catch into the, this will go gluten-free because you're this, or your skin will be better if you don't eat this, or doing mm. yoga, hot yoga every day is going to make you lose weight, or constantly looking for a yeah. fix. But wellness is very much sold to you like this. I think that's my first issue. My second issue is then, when it's sold like that in a very commercial way, it's in only a middle-class Yes, it's a very privileged thing. I think the other thing is it's a very Eurocentric uh, way of thinking as well. Because if you went back to India where yoga originated, they wouldn't describe... I mean, I don't know. Would they describe it as wellness? I don't think they'd have all these terms like self-care and Mm. stupid labels that then really irritate people and make it into something much that you can obsess over. Definitely. Where actually it's... Eating colourful food, Mm. doing some exercise, doing things that you enjoy. Yeah. Meditating, so taking some time for yourself to clear your thoughts. Breathing, really important. But it does, it goes beyond that and then starts to take way too much money. Well, it just, it plays on this human need of either having to do all or nothing. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're into wellness, therefore you're in that religious type vibe yeah, well, Pandora says in the book, um, wellness offers an alternative to religion, devotion without divinity. Pandora always, when doing the high-low, I remember I used to get kind of annoyed because she would really tear apart, like, any, like, veganism, mm. vegetarianism, any diet. And actually, I think she's totally right. I think the moment that we start characterising things as to good, bad, good, bad, we therefore can't have you know, an avocado on toast and a McFlurry in the same day and feel fine. There's literally going to be no change in your internal anatomy if you do that. Unless you have actually been diagnosed with celiacs and you can't have the bread and or Yeah, you know, but that's a medical condition. Exactly, that's the thing. And I think the other thing that the wellness industry seems to encourage is self-diagnosis mm-hmm. and, and just normalising things that aren't normal. Yeah. In that people will do fasting for a dangerous amount of time, in my opinion. And they have no supervision. Exactly. They're just fasting. And you're, yeah. And you're like, well, what? When, when did that become okay to then do a water fast or a this cleanse or whatever it is? And again, um, without the supervision. And there are people who go on retreats. You're slowing down. Yeah. You're sleeping. You're resting. Yeah. But people who try and fast and then go about their daily life as fast as they normally would. I remember hearing from someone that they used to do 5-2 on a work day. I used to do that. Really? Mm. The fasting day on a work day, I couldn't do that. Yeah, I didn't. And for the fast, when I did it, I skipped breakfast and then I'd have no carbs and no alcohol for my lunch and my dinner and I'd have no snacks. It was basically a form of disordered eating. Mm. Totally. Which I now wouldn't go back to. Yeah, no, I totally think it is. What I do think is fine is um, moving your breakfast to be a bit later and then eating your dinner not too late so mm. that you have that period where of sleep where your digestive system is there. Easy. And I think that makes sense to me. But minimising, you know, calorie restriction, mm. unless you've been told to by a doctor, mm. then it's... Totally. can be really tricky. My next question for you mm-hmm. is what do you think... I, we can't do this section and not talk about goop. <laughs> yeah. So my question to you is, what do you think about Goop? Okay, I think Goop has started a lot of very important conversations 
particularly the Netflix docu-series that was done. Look at me with my new word. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that the episode on female pleasure was radical. Unbelievable. Uh, I think that the episode on Wim Hof, who is the um, known the as ice the man. Ice Man, um, who talks about his personal story actually of mm. losing his wife and then bringing up their two young children mm. um and why cold and breathing is so important for your mental health which mm. again and it's free mm-hmm. totally free i mean the only cost that you would potentially have is petrol or a bus fare or some some people can walk to the sea or ice or a lake you need a swimming costume, but, you know, optional, depending on which beach you go to. <laughs> True. True. His whole philosophy is that you can train the, the body to control its temperature, to control its autonomic nervous system, and therefore control how it reacts and panics, not panics, how it reacts to um, invasive thoughts, or even E. coli, which was absolutely insane when he yeah. injects some E. coli in his So his bre- breathing techniques impact his immune system to the point that mm-hmm. he didn't get ill when he was injected with E. coli. Definitely. And then it was repeated on other people mm. and they were testing and compensating for the placebo effect and it stood up against really rigorous tests. Oh, it's completely scientifically backed, which is amazing. Um, and and also, essentially he's making the body more alkaline, which is a yeah. um, means that your immunity is higher and your reactions are different. So you mm-hmm. are able to put yourself into what would otherwise be an extreme mm-hmm. situation. And also, I think what's really cool is you're putting yeah. yourself into a situation where you're controlling the out-of-controlness, if that makes sense. You put your, you shock your body, but in a way that's completely... You can get out of the lake, you can turn off the tap, you can do that, and you can see how your body is resilient to it and can deal with it, and it really, I think, works as a metaphor. Yeah, completely. I think there's also just something very healing in itself, whether the water is cold or not, of just going into the sea and... It just reduces your blood pressure. It's amazing. You come out yeah. and you feel so chilled out. feel very calm. Um, I personally really like Goop. I really don't have a problem with it. Um, I like what Gwyneth Paltrow is doing. I think she's totally right. I think we so have a right to ask questions about standard Western medicine or yeah. the alternatives to that. Diet... We are what we eat. We are what we eat. This is so important. And yet, it's still bundled up with this wellness tag. And people are like, oh, these, mm. oh, it's so kind of woo woo to actually to like think about how our diet and lifestyle impacts our health. And actually, obesity and all sorts of autoimmune disorders can be cured or managed with proper diet and lifestyle. The problem that I have with something like goop is when you get the emails and it's like the advertising of vagina candle i don't know i feel that's quite funny (laughs) i just think it's funny (laughs) it smells like my vagina candle it's like that's quite jokes imagine if you had that in your house everyone would ask you about it it's just like funny we should say vagina without it being weird like i just find that quite funny but my problem again is when they start charging extortionate amounts of money that's what i say like for the vagina candle well, goop label, all the dresses are like $500 or $600 like who is going to buy that the only people that are going to buy that are those that have a disposable income and you're probably already quite well yes exactly yeah but what we need to be doing which i guess the, the podcast is free and like some lot, lot of her interviews are free and that's what we need to be talking about is is all the issues that she... she and she really, up. in that Netflix series, she really tackled some super taboo topics in 
with and added the skeptics in. It wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't one-sided and it wasn't telling people to do anything either. It was just showing them the yeah. experiences of other people in a way that might help people, might not. But mm-hmm. you can give it a go if you want to, totally. as long as you're in the right... You know, you've got the knowledge, you've got the support, you're not on your own. You know, obviously I'm not saying everyone go off and, like, try ayahuasca. That's... Mm. But be open-minded to yeah. how that could help some people. Yeah. I just think, generally, as I get older, and I do this instinctively a lot myself, is to never have a view of extremity on one way or the other. I completely agree. So, like, if it's extreme, it's too good to be true, or it's doesn't exist. You know, when someone is like, this is the be-all be or end-all, or this candidate is perfect. Mm. Nothing is perfect. Nothing is be-all or end-all. Gwyneth Paltrow is not the devil. You know, no, no but one... But e- equally, she's not an angel. No, but that's... But she doesn't pretend to be. This right. is what people forget. I think they think that she's this perfect person and that she thinks she's perfect and that's her whole thing. Mm. She doesn't. She's very open. <laughs> I would argue that is also the media just not liking a female CEO slash ex-actress. Beautiful, yeah. Beautiful ex-actress CEO who's successful. And who's asking uncomfortable questions. Yeah. I think the other thing is that people tend to caricature Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop by citing unusual things that she's done like steaming her vagina or a vagina candle (laughs) or a vagina candle normally vagina related (laughs) but again that's because those you know people don't like to talk about vaginas yeah and I I think the other thing is that people how many times have you said vagina in this entire segment (laughs) should we try just get I will see we'll get a few more just in um I think that I I also get annoyed at how strongly people can react to certain things, particularly Gwyneth Paltrow, when they have never listened to any episode of her Mm. podcast, they have never watched the Netflix series, they have never been on the Goop website, yet they have such an incredibly negative, very extreme reaction. Yeah, that happens all of the time. Yeah. The third figure is a graph that clearly shows how... Our CO2 emission has changed each year and they've got certain landmark events like the Spanish flu, World War II, oil shocks, Soviet Union collapse. And 2020 is forecast to be the biggest drop in CO2 emissions since 1900, which is the Industrial Revolution, Um, which is huge. I mean, Mm. we all in lockdown had those memes, the photos, the Venice dolphins, Portsmouth Harbour, which, as my friend Claire said, was the grimiest beach you'd ever seen and then suddenly in lockdown it looked like a tropical island it was amazing we all saw the footage of the satellites above china above northern Italy, with all the um, clothing factories there had cleared it really gave everyone this i think boost and optimism that actually if we were to decide to do something about the climate that it can heal itself pretty quickly yeah um the problem is also of course the economy <laughs> doing that we stopped everyone working but it was amazing to see I don't think anyone in our lifetime has actually seen such a stark change no even, definitely not even the air pollution and air quality in London just improved I think the other thing that the lockdown did was that it gave us a visible experience of a crisis Mm-hmm. because this is what Greta Thunberg talks about all the time you know our house is on fire mm-hmm. it is the climate crisis mm-hmm. yet there isn't an urgency or a panic and action in the same way that, that there should be but we've seen that with coronavirus and I think that that hopefully has put people into a mindset of this is mm-hmm. if we don't do something fast 
this is what mm. you know. I just know a crisis just looks like. You can see the stark difference between pollution and non-pollution, or when people were in height of lockdown, and that was pretty powerful. Um, especially as well, because in the UK, I hear this all the time, they're like, if the globe's increasing in temperature, that'll be great for Britain. And you're like... That's such a selfish thing to say. I know, but I do hear it a lot, because we always complain about the weather. Yeah, but that's just, we're British, we love to do that kind of self-depreciating (laughs) humour. Um... But on the the impact of lockdown, obviously that that's been described as a kind of climate experiment that was an accidental thing because then it showed what would happen if everybody stopped commuting, if we didn't go out as much, if all the flights just stopped. And But actually the impact was not as big as you would hope it was. And there are so many other things on a much higher level, company-wide level, country-wide level that need to be done in order to really reverse us and halt us Mm. and scientists are describing 2020 as this sort of make or break point and a a podcast I listened to by the um, Hay Festival is really interesting and they were saying that what we really need to do is because the lockdown has kind of reset in lots of ways and we're now finding new ways to do things and building up new policies procedures those need to be hand in hand with climate change Mm. so that when we're building in what to do in terms of work travel all sorts of different policies and building them up you need to have climate change in your mind because there's got to be this green recovery for us to actually not have global temperature increasing up to a certain point that would be catastrophic Mm. what we've done just from some brainstorming (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not such a weird word. It's a very teachery word. Very teacher word. Um, it's the worst up... was brainstorm in partners. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly what we've done. Yeah, but not in a school context. True. And not wearing masks, unlike everybody who's at school. Can you imagine? I can't. Um, so we've come up with some pros and then we've come up with some cons because what we've realised just in discussing this in preparation for the podcast is that, again, nothing is black or white. So... There are lots of positives, but there's also, for every positive, there's pretty much a con at the same time. So, for example, many more people have been staying at home, having a staycation, not been flying. And the aviation um, accounts for 3% of CO2 emissions, but cars also account for a huge amount, more than that. Mm -hmm. And obviously we've seen more people driving Mm. during lockdown because it's safer. Mm -hmm. So that is kind of weighing each other out again with people cycling and walking, great, but then mm. also people and also driving. And you know, two months from whatever it was, March 19th to, I don't know, end of May, where, you know, stay at home, you go out for an hour a day for exercise, that is all. Oh, that feels like crazy. But yeah, that was life. And then it was, oh, we all need to actually think about getting back to work, but drive when you can. So actually, there'd be far more people driving than there were beforehand. Yeah. Which is terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then again, a con, tourism industry, lots and lots Mm. of people, people's livelihoods, countries, all depending on tourism and not having that Mm. income, which has had a ripple effect that we will see carrying on for a very long time. Similarly, with the factories not producing their pollution, again, we've got job losses, again, Mm. with the aviation industry. Um, I was really encouraged, though, to see that biodiversity had increased throughout lockdown Mm -hmm. and that fish were also flourishing, to use the word on the article. Um, But then what I've noticed is the number of roadkill that we now have. 
all the time I it's, see it. It's terrible and I think partly the reason is that the animals have come out and they haven't been used to having those cars on the road for the periods of time that we were in lockdown and now mm. we're this, seeing the consequences. And then obviously fish being impacted by the number of masks, gloves, all the waste. Oh, the PPE waste is going to, going to be absolutely awful. It's going to have to be a new campaign, not just for plastic bottles, but for reusable masks. And yeah. to not just use the single-use ones all the time, um, because that's just awful. It really is. And gloves, I think, is more difficult because the whole point is that you're using fresh gloves the whole time, and mm. that's more about your professional capacity. But I think just trying to find biodegradable wipes or just you know, hand sanitizers. I, do, I, do you think they'll do that, like refilling bottles of hand sanitizer. I really hope so. I think they're going to need yeah. to. I also always can't help but think about the impact on our immune system because we're not going to have be exposed to hardly any germs. You know, we're not on public transport or hand sanitizing, washing our hands all the time. We're not even seeing that many people relative to what we would be. Um, gosh, we might all come down with the most horrendous flus and colds afterwards. Or because we've all had more sleep and we're all more relaxed and maybe we're eating better mm. and less stressed, we will be better and not also exposed to so many germs on the tube is probably being a good thing for sure or on your bus or train or however you get to work uh what are the other things long time remote working so remote working seems to be something that people thought would be temporary and then lots of companies have discovered that they don't need to go Hot into the office. office and they definitely don't need to fly to paris or boston or new york for one meeting and then fly back yeah uh, i can't really see us going back to that culture I, ever yeah which is fantastic. Mm. Uh, but then we were also thinking, would household energy consumption be higher? And then how does that compare to office consumption where you're in a collective space? So that'll be something mm. to weigh up. Um, and then on a smaller thing, but something that we are very passionate about, which is food waste, and that we saw when we worked at Wimbledon, the, the amount of food that is thrown away it's, is absolutely disgusting. No, it's sickening. It's sickening. I think we both put on weight because we wanted to eat it so it wouldn't be thrown in the bin. A hundred percent. I don't know where my thinking came from for that. It was not that every, helpful. No, everyone was doing that from the kitchen. And taking stuff home taking and stuff everything. Home. And we had to do it secretly because you're not allowed to take stuff home. You had to really sneak it out. But you know those massive bins? You'd have like eight of them a day that would have been waste. But that was one of about eight restaurants, I yeah. think. So, yeah, it was mind-blowing. I mean, that's and that's also, again, one event of Wimbledon. Right. But you also have... You know, Queens, you've got the cricket, you've got the... Oh, summer is full Henley, of events You've got all and these different things, festivals, mm. just across the board. So I hope that people really adapt their food waste policies and partner with fantastic charities like the Felix Project, which takes waste, a food that would have been wasted or is about to expire or made fresh on the day that they can't keep from cafes, yeah. restaurants, supermarkets. And it's food. They're not allowed to take hot food. Yeah. yeah. And then it passes it on to homeless shelters. Mm -hmm. Such a simple initiative. So many positives from that. Mm. And just volunteer-driven. But then, yeah, I guess what happened to all the extra food, because there were 33 tonnes of strawberries that are for Wimbledon each oh year. But it's quite a good exercise, that, to see the back and forth of conversations like this. Absolutely. New world we're entering into. Be interesting to see how it unfolds. 
Thank you for listening to The Figure. We will be back next month with another episode. If you enjoyed this one, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again for listening. Bye.